5: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mark Moss Show where I am talking about, yes, Bitcoin. <laughs> if you didn't know already, we're talking about Bitcoin, we're talking about cryptocurrencies. We are talking about this decentralized revolution that is happening right now. We're literally witnessing it. You know, I get asked a lot of times like, is there gonna be a revolution? When is the revolution gonna be? Like it's like some event, like some date in time. Uh, I like you you could mark it on your calendar and, and know when it's happening. But the reality is we're, We're in it. We're living it. We're witnessing it. And I think if you can kind of step back and just kind of appreciate and look at some of the signs, um, we're living through a historic moment in time. I mean, I think if in the future, 50 years from now, history books will be written about things that are going on. And if you're not paying attention, it could end up not being so good for you. But if you are paying attention, it could be one of the best times of your life. We're going to be witnessing one of the largest wealth transfers in history and the only question for you is, which side do you want to be on? The side that gives up your wealth or the side that gets your wealth? Now, I already know what side I want to be on. I am going to be on the receiving end. And hopefully you are, for what I've been saying, is the largest asymmetric bet, the largest asymmetric opportunity of your lifetime. And you take advantage of that by having asymmetric information, which is information most people don't have, which is why you need to be tuning in with me each and every week on this channel. So uh, I got some really good stuff today. We're going to be talking about... I'm gonna give you two strategies that could maximize your returns on your cryptocurrencies. I'm sure everybody likes that. Now, I, I do often say that um, the price is a distraction, um, right? We should be looking at the, the growth of the network and the development of the network, which we'll talk about. But you know, the price is also good too. We all like to see our purchasing power increasing. I like to say that it's a bait and switch. We get baited in by the price and then we get switched into the power of the technology. So since we're going to talk about price, we're going to talk about returns, we're going to talk about increasing our purchasing power. I want to give you two strategies that you can use between now and the end of the year to make even more money. Now, raise your hand if you want to make more money. I'm just kidding. I can't see you raising your hand. But I'm going to give you those two things, and uh, then we'll talk about some of the other, other factors. So I got a big, big, big show for you today, some important stuff that you're going to want to pay attention to. So before I do that, I just want to remind you, go ahead and just pull out your phone real quick. No, not if you're driving, but if if you're not driving, pull out your phone real quick, um, open up your calendar app, put a calendar reminder for this channel this time, and join me each and every week. It's going to be the most important part, the most profitable part of your week each and every week to tune in and pay attention to what we're talking about. So you have the asymmetric information to participate in the asymmetric opportunity. You're listening to the Mark Ma show where I talk about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in the decentralized revolution each and every week. So what are some of these strategies that we're talking about? Well, I want to give you two that can really help. Now, uh, you've probably heard the saying that a penny saved is a penny earned. I'm sure you've heard that, right? So what that basically means is that there's two ways to have more money. One, you could make more money or two, you could spend less money. Now, I'm not a big fan of living on a budget. Um, I think the strategy of uh, trying to skip your morning coffee to save a couple bucks is uh, old and antiquated. And uh, I don't like that. I think it's better just to go make more money, learn to provide more value to the world or learn ways that you can put your money into assets that go up in purchasing power. I think that's a much better option than trying to, um, you know, cut back on your morning coffee. So I'm not a big fan of budgeting. However, there are ways that we can shave enormous costs off that make us more money. And the number one biggest cost and expense that you have is taxes. Now, unfortunately, with cryptocurrencies, the IRS decided, I think back in 2013, that cryptocurrencies were property. All right. So um, they're an asset, they're not a currency, they're a commodity. And the reason why that's important to understand is because for taxes, you know, the saying about taxes, the only two things in life that are certain are death and taxes. And so for taxes, cryptocurrencies are taxed like property, they're taxed like a commodity. Basically, they're taxed exactly like buying stock, or buying gold, or buying real estate. So if I buy a house, for $100,000 and I sell it for $200,000. I have $100,000 of profit and I have to pay tax on the $100,000. Same with gold, same with Amazon or Facebook or Google stock. If I buy a Google stock and I sell it and I have profit, I owe tax on that profit. Well, cryptocurrency is the same thing. If I buy a cryptocurrency, it goes up in value and I sell it, I owe tax on the profit. Now, There, A lot of people thought that I was able to, you were able to go from one cryptocurrency to another without triggering a taxable event. That's like a like-kind trade. Now, I'm not a tax professional. I do want to tell you right off the bat that anything that I'm telling you is not financial advice, and I am not a tax professional, and you should take this information and go discuss it with your own tax professional. So let me just tell you that. But I've been working with my tax professionals for a long time. And so these are strategies that that, that are commonly known and, and that we use. But again, go talk to them because taxes are very personal. We're, we live in different countries or different states or different cities with different taxes, uh, different income levels, have different tax brackets, we have different types of write-offs. So it's all very personal. So get your own advice. but. Two things, right? So taxes is our single biggest expense. And if we can reduce our taxes, then we can make more money, right? Makes it makes it simple. So you sold that proverbial asset, you know, you bought it for 100,000, you sold it for 200,000, you have $100,000 of profit. If you um, did that in less than a year, you would probably owe ordinary income tax on that. And if you lived in a state like California, then about 50% of that goes to tax. So so of the 100,000 profit $50,000 goes to tax. If you live in a state with uh, no state taxes like Texas or Nevada, for example, or Florida, you would just owe the federal, which is probably about, I don't know, depends on your tax bracket, could be 30, 40%. But what if I didn't have to give up that 30, 40, or 50%? Well, then you would have the $100,000 or, or closer to it. And so there is a way to do that. There's, there's, there's two main ways that you can do that. And this is what we're going to talk about today. <sighs> because I want to put more money back into your pocket. So um, the first thing is that because it's tax uh, treated like this, uh, this property, you can't just buy and sell it one for the other. Now, again, talk to your tax professional about that. But there is something that you can do today that you can't do with other assets. And the rules might be changed after the after the first of next year. So you kind of have uh, the rest of this month to figure this out before you go into the new tax year and you potentially lose that. And so what we're specifically talking about is something called wash sales or wash trading. And so what that means is let's say that uh, right now, Bitcoin is down. Um, most of the cryptocurrency market is down right now today off of its previous high. I mean, it's not down a lot, it's down, you know, 8, 10%, whatever it is. Um, But it's down. And so potentially you could have bought Bitcoin or or some other crypto asset um, at its previous peak of, say, 69,000. And uh, right now it's at about 56,000. And so you could have potentially lost money. So let's say that you bought the Bitcoin at at 69,000. Right now it's at 56,000. What you could do, and again, talk to your tech professional, but what you could do is you could sell the Bitcoin right now for $56,000 and book a loss. So you're basically going to take about a Let me measure this out for you. You could potentially have about a 20% loss. And then what you do is you turn around and just buy the Bitcoin again. So you bought it at 69,000. Um, you sell it right now for 56,000. You book the loss, and then you just buy it back again at 56,000. And what you do is you take that loss, and you can apply it to other gains. So now um, when you file your taxes, any other profits that you have, you could use that loss as a write off against that. Now there's more to this than that. Uh, Like a lot of things, if you miss a few pieces of information, it could be dangerous. So I'm going to fill you more on that. And then I want to tell you another strategy that um, is different, but it can also put a lot more money in your pocket. Now, You're listening to The Mark Ma Show. If you're just tuning in, thanks for listening. We're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, trying to give you the asymmetric information that you need to participate in the largest asymmetric bet we will ever see. I'll be right back with more info on how to save on the taxes, so don't go away. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show where we're talking about Bitcoin and we're talking about cryptocurrencies and we are talking about the decentralized revolution. I know you hear these buzzwords and I don't know what they mean and web three and decentralized and this and that, but don't worry. It's not as complicated as it sounds. And we'll go through each piece week by week by week. So make sure you keep tuning in with me. But what we're talking about before the break is we're talking about um, one of the easiest ways um, and maybe one of the most powerful ways to increase your income is to reduce your expenses and taxes are your single biggest expense. And so if you can reduce your taxes, then you can increase your income. Right it makes sense. Uh, back to the, as I said earlier, the the penny saved or the dollar saved is the dollar earned kind of a thing. And so um, we were talking about something called wash, uh, wash sale or like wash trading. And so what I was saying before the break is that if you potentially had bought some cryptocurrencies, um, and they're down right now, you know, they're down 1520% across the board which isn't that big for cryptocurrencies. If that was the traditional stock market, it'd be a bloodbath. Uh, but let's say that you bought Bitcoin at 69,000 at its previous all-time high a few weeks ago, and right now it's at 56,000. So you could sell it today at 56,000, book a loss, you know, an 18% loss or so, and then just buy it back again. So you still own it, but you just sold it and bought it. And the reason why you would do that is because you you took a loss. You bought at 69, you sold at 56. And now you can uh, apply that loss however much it was, to any other potential gains that you had this year. So you're reducing your taxable expense. Now, typically, this is not okay. Wash sales, wash trading is not okay to do with stocks. I believe you have to wait 30 days in between, um, typically, but by the time you sell and rebuy again, I think it's 30 days again, ask your tax professional. But with cryptocurrencies, that's not the case. At least for now. Now there's a lot of rumors that there's some big, big, big tax changes coming after the first of the year, and this is apparently going to be one of them. So potentially, you may not be able to do this again next year. And of course, the tax year closes in, uh, you know, less than less than 30 days. At this point, we're in December. Man, I can't believe how fast time flies. So this is something that you might be able to, um, you know, participate in, and take advantage of this year. Uh, and at this point, right now all the prices of cryptocurrencies are pretty much down at this point. Um, They'll probably pump from here to the end of the year. And so um, this might be one of your only chances to do that. So that's something that you might want to take into consideration. Now, another way that you can also increase your um, income by reducing your expenses is, again, reducing your taxes. And that would be to not sell. (laughs) Obviously, right? Sounds pretty simple. Just don't sell ever. Now, um, while that sounds super simple, there's actually more to it. Now, by the way, you're listening to the Mark Moss show, which of course, we're always talking about each and every week, we're talking about Bitcoin, and we're talking about cryptocurrencies, and we're talking about this decentralized revolution. And, you know, so obviously, if you don't sell the cryptocurrency, and you don't have any profit, then you don't have any taxes to pay, right? Um, But what's the point of buying something and having it go up in value if you don't ever sell? Right? What's the point of that? Well, you do it very strategically. And so let me let me give you an example. So depending on how old you are, uh, if you're if you're if you're older, I would say if you're, you know, in your late 30s, or 40s, at least or older, I'm sure if you looked back on your life, and thought back of all the assets that you've ever bought or owned, whether it was stock from 10 or 20 years ago, you know, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google, Amazon stock, or it was a house that you had bought. Um, I bet you if you could look back on some of those assets and go, dang, if I still own those assets, <laughs> they'd be worth a lot of money today. Um, and so if you could go back and kind of have a do over, you might want to go back and just keep those assets and never sell them. But of course, you can't, you can't, you can't get a do over like that. But um, what I'm trying to get you to do is kind of go back and realize that because the way that the rich, the way that the wealthy, the really wealthy, the generational wealthy people get rich is to buy trophy assets now trophy assets are are something that's scarce they're rare assets they buy these trophy assets and they never sell them ever ever (laughs) i say that with dramatic effect and ever and so like look at warren buffett right warren buffett bought coca-cola stock in the 60s i mean he's owned it for you know 60 70 years at this point you own trophy assets and you never sell them now if i were to buy cryptocurrency and um, I'm trading it, or I just bought it and sold it. And you you do a transaction within a year, then you're going to pay what's called short term capital gains on that, which is basically taxed the same as ordinary income. If you hold the asset, and again, this applies to stocks or real estate or gold as well. But if you own them for more than a year, more than 12 months, then you get what's known as long term capital gains, which is much better. It's typically 15 to 20% versus ordinary income could be um, 35 to 50%. So the first thing you'd want to do is at least hold it for 12 months to get the long term capital gains. But what if you buy something and sell it within a year? Then you're getting hit with that full, um, that full tax uh, bill. Now, some of you may know some of you may not that I have been living over in Puerto Rico been living over on the island. And one of the reasons why I moved over to Puerto Rico is because they have a very, very, very attractive tax plan. And so basically, what it, what what happened in Puerto Rico is that they went bankrupt. Um, They defaulted on their bonds. They defaulted on their debt, which is something, it's it's really bad. (laughs) You don't see nations do this. I think they were one of the first nations to do this. But what I liked about what Puerto Rico did is instead of just squeezing all the people more, trying to tax them more, trying to get more blood out of them, more money out of them, instead they did something opposite that you wouldn't normally see governments do. And that was incentivize people to come and start businesses, to bring revenue. And so if you move to Puerto Rico and you um, start a business that qualifies, a business that exports services, um, and you can qualify for this Act 60 plan, then you could qualify to have your business, all your business income taxed at only 4%. And you could pay 0% on cap gains taxes. Compare that to California, where you're going to be paying at the top tax bracket, you're going to be paying well over 50% of your income to taxes, and you're gonna be paying 35% on cap gains. So by moving to um, from somewhere a high tax state like California, moving to Puerto Rico, it's like getting a 150% pay raise. And you're living on a beautiful island in the Caribbean. So that's why I've been hanging out over there like a pirate in the Caribbean. It's been a good life. But my uh, one of my longest mentors for 25 years, I've been reading his books, I'm talking about Robert Kiyosaki, who's now one of my good friends, by the way, shout out to Robert. If he's listening, um, and Robert has been giving me a hard time lately. As a matter of fact, we were speaking at a conference together, and he was calling me out by name uh, from stage, saying, "You know, these people like Mark Moss and and uh, Peter Schiff—they're moving to places like Puerto Rico um, to get out of taxes. Don't they know that they don't have to move to Puerto Rico to get out of taxes? Don't they know that I don't pay taxes? They obviously don't know, right? And he he likes to make fun of me like that, um, and he's right." There are strategies that you can use to greatly reduce your taxes, um, just like the rich do, just like Robert Kiyosaki does. And it's also some things that I'm starting to do as well, and I'd love to share them with you. So I want to tell you what that is. And again, I'm not a tax professional. You should definitely 100% take whatever I'm saying and take it to your tax professional and discuss it with them and see if it applies to your situation. Uh, But you don't know what you don't know. And you don't know how to tell your tax professional what you don't know. And so I at least want to give you that. Uh, By the way, you're listening to the Mark Moss Show, where we're talking about Bitcoin, and we're talking about cryptocurrencies, and we're talking about the decentralized revolution. We're facing the greatest wealth transfer that we will ever see. And you get to decide. You have a choice. Do you want to be on the receiving end? Or do you want to be on the giving end of that wealth transfer? Of course, I know which side I want to be on. uh, And hopefully you want to be on the receiving end as well. So we'll be right back telling you how to save money on taxes. Don't go away.
0: My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day.
1: We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be.
6: That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic.
1: Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way
5: All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, where we're talking about Bitcoin each and every week. We're talking about, of course, the cryptocurrency move. We're talking about the decentralized revolution. And I'm trying to give you the information that you need to really participate, to really take advantage of this. And it's a big subject. It's a deep subject. There's so much to learn and really... You know, you really have to know about at least six, if not probably eight different disciplines to really grasp what's going on. You need to know about um, money, right? And most people think they know what money is, but most people don't, don't know what money is. You have to know about uh, monetary history. You have to understand economics. You have to understand philosophy. You have to understand game theory. You have to understand technology. I mean, there's so many different things you have to understand, I know, you know, I've been teaching, I've been researching and writing and teaching and using uh, cryptocurrencies now f- uh, for about seven years. And a lot of my friends, you know, obviously know that I do this. And I, sometimes I'll get asked by, by people on social media or even people that I know. Um, a couple of months ago, I was down in Mexico and we're out to dinner and one of my buddies at the table said, hey, Mark, explain Bitcoin to me like I'm five years old and in two minutes. i just looked at him and i laughed i'm like dude like sorry man like i can't like i can't explain it to you like you're five like you're five years old and in two minutes it doesn't work like that like if you're not willing to put the time in the effort in to understand it like you're just you're never going to make it that's a symptom of the world that we're in today a lot of people um you know I'm, I'm taking a lot of, a lot of information and distilling it for you on this radio show and these podcasts, or, you know, I do it on my YouTube channel. And people look at a YouTube video and, oh, Mark, it's 20 minutes. Can you, can you make it shorter? And I was like, really? I'm taking like a PhD lesson and distilling it down into 20 minutes for you. And if you can't take 20 minutes out of your day to figure that out, like you're never going to make it. And that's what we have going on in the world today. Like people, um, they see the headline, and they don't even bother to read the article. And because, of course, you know, with the, with the way the media is today with their clickbait, um, the headlines rarely um, tell you what the article is really about. And so if you're, all you're doing is reading the headline, you're probably missing out on um, on the real story. Um, and so anyway, you know, Bitcoin is a deep subject and, and you're going to have to um, put some time in to figure it out. One of the big problems that I see is especially it seems to plague. Um, smarter people more, especially people, smarter people that have a lot of uh, knowledge about um, economics or the financial system, it seems to plague them more because they're just kind of like, oh, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it, I get it, sure, sure. It's like, no, <laughs> you don't get it. They, they, they want to grasp it. Um, they, they think they can grasp it so quickly, whereas really the people that kind of come in with no prior knowledge of that stuff seem to almost get it easier because they don't have to untrain themselves or unlearn everything that they've learned before. So anyway, um, you know, we'll be talking about a lot of different subjects from a lot of different angles. So you can start to kind of figure this out each and every week. And I try to give you kind of, you know, one good teaching lesson. Now, by the way, you're listening to the Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and the decentralized revolution. And um, we were talking about ways that you can increase your purchasing power by increasing the, your U.S. dollar value of your cryptocurrencies. And one of the ways that you do that is by cutting your expenses, obviously, um, and, and, and taxes being the single biggest expense. So I was talking about how uh, my, my, my mentor and now my friend Robert Kiyosaki he has been calling me out from stage. As a matter of fact, I was on his podcast, um, the Robert, uh, Rich Dad Radio couple months ago, and he started at it again. And he's saying, "Why, Why do you have to move to Puerto Rico to get, you know, lower your taxes? Don't you know, I don't pay taxes. And what he what he means by that is that he doesn't sell assets to generate a profit. And if he doesn't generate a profit, he doesn't have to pay taxes. So what he what he does instead is he borrows against the assets. And that's not a taxable event. So for example, you bought a piece of real estate, for $100,000, you're renting it out, you're making a little bit of profit every month, you're making a couple hundred bucks a month on the rent after you pay your mortgage off and, and things are good. You've owned it for several years, five years, 10 years, next thing you know, the house is worth $200,000. Now, you have two choices. One, you could, well, three choices, I guess one, you could do nothing. Uh, but, but you could sell the house, and you would owe taxes on the profit. Um, so you sell it for a hundred thousand, you know, you you bought it for a hundred thousand, you sell it for two hundred thousand, you have a hundred thousand of the profit, and you have to give, let's say, you know, thirty, forty grand of that <clears throat> to to the government. Or what you could do is you could refinance the house or take out a home equity line against the house, and you could just pull equity out of the house, and that's not a taxable event. So now I can take the hundred grand out of the house through some sort of a loan, and I don't have to pay tax on the hundred grand. And I still have the house. I didn't have to sell the house. And so that's what, that's what the rich do. They find trophy assets, trophy assets are scarce assets that are going to continue to go up in value and they hold them forever. So uh, the people that bought, you know, man, a block of Manhattan real estate in New York, right, for example, and they just pass that down from family, you know, generation, 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 they just never sell it. It's a trophy asset, right? Um, Now, if you're in the middle of, of, I don't know, North Dakota, or Kansas, or whatever, uh, maybe it's not as scarce. But in Austin, Texas, for example, like Lake Travis, um, there's only so many homes around the lake, very rare, very scarce. And you have all these Fortune 500 companies moving from Silicon Valley to, Texas, to Austin, and those people make 50 million or 100 million dollars a year or whatever they're making, and they don't care if that house on the lake is one million or two million. What do they care? They don't care if it's five million or 10 million. They're making 50 million a year, right? And so we've seen I have a buddy down there, and he, he bought a house on the lake a year ago for 10 million, and recently sold it for 22 million in one year because it's scarce. Now, it would have been better if you didn't sell it. And so that's what I'm talking about, a scarce asset. And that's what cryptocurrencies are, right? Bitcoin, there's only 21 million. There will never be more than 21 million. Um, when you calculate in what's been lost, which there's no way for us to know, but you know, some reasonable guesstimations say that we'll probably really never have more than 17 or 18 million Bitcoin in circulation because so many have already been lost. But let's take the full number of just 21 million today in the world, we have over 50 million millionaires, over 50 million millionaires, and there's only 21 million Bitcoin. So there's not even enough Bitcoin for all the millionaires to even own half of one. That's how scarce it is. And then you guys got you got guys like Michael Saylor from the CEO of MicroStrategy, who's bought over 100,000 of them, he's taken 100,000 for himself. So there's a no, there's 100,000 more millionaires that can't ever get any bitcoin. That's how scarce it is. And so you can buy it, you can buy a trophy asset like bitcoin that's scarce and you just own it forever and you don't ever sell it. If I don't sell it, I don't owe taxes on it and I still have the asset to go up in value. And that's great, but Mark, <laughs> why would I buy an asset that all goes goes up in value and I never sell it? How do I unlock that profit? How do I use it? Well, there's a very simple way to do that, just like the house example, like Robert Kiyosaki talks about, I can borrow against my Bitcoin, I can take a loan against it. And so I would basically, you know, my my Bitcoin went up, I bought it for um, 10,000, it's worth 60,000. Today, I bought $100,000 worth of Bitcoin, it's worth, um, you know, $3 million today, or whatever. And instead of selling, let's say that I wanted to buy a house, I needed $500,000 down as a down payment for the house. Instead of selling, Um, a million dollars of Bitcoin, and then paying tax on it, not having the million dollars of Bitcoin anymore, paying the tax, and then I then I end up with my 500,000. What I could do instead is just borrow the $5,000 against it $500,000 against it, and I don't have to pay the tax. And I still have the million dollars worth of Bitcoin to continue to go up in value. See how that works. Now, I know now you have to pay interest on the loan. How does that work? How, I mean, how how can you continue that going forward? What happens with the debt eventually? I mean, these are all great questions. These are all great questions that I want to answer for you because it's actually pretty simple. Um, There's a pretty simple plan and I have a formula that I've broken down and I'm going to lay that out for you. And I can tell you how much, what we're expecting in the future, how much you can borrow, how you manage that payment and what you ultimately do with the debt. Like I said, it's not that complicated um, but you kind of have to know the strategies. I want to break that down. All right. Now, by the way, you're listening to the Mark Moss show, which, of course, if you're just tuning in, and you don't know we're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about the decentralized revolution that is going on, that we're living through, that we're witnessing. That's going to bring massive, massive, massive hope and prosperity to the world. Um, and it's the likes that the world's never seen. It's going to be that big. So uh, I want to talk to you more about how we can hold those trophy assets, never sell them, but still unlock the profit out of them. So don't go away. I'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. You are listening to the Mark Moss show where we're talking about Bitcoin and we're talking about cryptocurrencies and we are talking about the decentralized revolution that we're living through right now. And I've been talking about ways that you can increase your money, increase your uh, dollar stack, increase your purchasing power. And um, the high level to catch you up, if you're just tuning in, by the way, thanks for tuning in, make sure to bookmark me at this time in this channel. So you can come back each and every week, which will be the most profitable part of every week that you that you have. Um, but just to catch you up real quick, I was talking about how um, the, re- the way that the wealthy really build wealth, the way that they really build, um, you know, get rich for generations is they, they, they buy trophy assets, and they just never sell them like Manhattan real estate, or lakefront property in Lake Travis in Austin, Texas, and they buy trophy assets, and they just never sell them and they pass them down to from generation to generation. And if they want to get some of the money out to buy something else, they can borrow against the asset. Now, this is not new to cryptocurrencies, Um, you can borrow against your house and pull equity out of your house. Most banks like Wells Fargo will loan you money against your stock portfolio. Um, certain stock brokers, like interactive brokers, for example, will loan you up to 90% against your stocks in your account. Um, and you can borrow against your Bitcoin too, right? It's, a, it's an asset. You can borrow against pretty much any asset that you have. It's not uh, It's not new and unique to cryptocurrencies. A lot of people, um, when I've explained this to them, they're like, Oh, Mark, the, the governments will never allow you to continue to borrow against your Bitcoin. And it's like, really? Because you can borrow against any asset. Like... <laughs> You pledge the asset as collateral, and people loan you money. I mean, it's just not—it's not a new concept. But for some reason, people think it's a new concept to this. But it is a new strategy that you can apply, and it's one that you should apply to trophy assets like Bitcoin that are that are very scarce. And so, going back to this um, example, uh, what we're doing is—is is you're buying the Bitcoin. As I said, if you if you bought some Bitcoin, you bought you know hundred thousand dollars worth. But um, now it's worth, you know, a couple million bucks, you want 500 grand to put down on a house, you could sell, you know, 800,000, a million dollars worth of Bitcoin, pay your taxes on it, and then end up with the 500 grand. But then now you don't have that million dollars of Bitcoin anymore. Or you could just borrow the 500 grand against the Bitcoin, don't pay taxes, because it's not a taxable event. um, And then you still have the million dollars of Bitcoin to go up in value. Now, there's a few strategies to this. Now, the first thing you have to understand is, um, you obviously have to understand Bitcoin and you have to believe that it's going to continue to go up in value. Um, if you borrow against it and it goes down in value, then they may liquidate some of your your Bitcoin because you've pledged it as collateral. They may liquidate, they may sell some of it to pay off some of that debt, which isn't in the end of the world because it would have been no different than if you would have sold it in the first place. right? So you're not really any worse off. Um, however, I believe that Bitcoin is going to continue going up. And so let's talk about that. And then we'll get a little bit more into the strategy, because you kind of have to understand this a little bit better first. So, so far, Bitcoin has been the best performing asset in the history of the world. It's averaged about a 200% compounded annual growth rate for the last 11 years. Um, A lot of people think Bitcoin is volatile, the price goes up and down. And it's, uh, it's not a good store of value, many people say. And they say it's not a good store of value, because it's so volatile, the price is always going up and down. But the reality is if you zoom out and you look at it over a long period of time, and you look at the lowest price every single year, the lowest price it's ever reached each year, you'll see that every year, the lowest price has been higher than the year before. Except for one time, 2015 is the only year that the low was lower than the the year before. That's the only year out of all the years in history, it's always been up. Now, it goes up and down within the year, but it's always continuing to march higher. Now, uh, I bet you would have been, wish you would have been listening to this show a long time ago because I've been pounding the table telling people to buy Bitcoin since it was like three, 400 bucks. Some of my friends, I was telling them to buy it at four thousand five thousand, and then it dipped to 3,000. They got mad at me. <laughs> I'm like, look, guys, zoom out. Like, I know you bought it at 4,000 and went to 3,000 and you lost, you know, 15% of your US dollar value. So what? It's going to be worth a lot of money one day. Uh, and so some of them got mad and they sold and, you know, whatever, but they were mad it dropped to 3000. I mean, how lucky or how, how happy would you be to buy at 3000 when it's sitting at 56,000 today. So the first thing you have to understand is that yes, it's volatile, meaning in the short term, it goes up and down a lot, which is why I say it's kind of a distraction. Um, but if you zoom out, it goes up. Now, can it what rate can it continue to go up at? Well, if you were looking at any asset and trying to understand how much value can accrue, you'd look at what markets is it disrupting, and how much of that market share can it pull in. And so I would say that very easily we could see it getting to $500,000 per Bitcoin in the next five years. That's based off some super simple calculations. Like right now, we're starting to see, as I mentioned, MicroStrategy, S&P 500, companies like that, moving part of their treasury, their their savings into Bitcoin. Um, Some of them are putting 100% of it in Bitcoin. Um, Kathy Wood from ARK, ARK, uh, the ETF, the tech at ETF. She said that uh, if if the S and P five hundred companies would just put only five percent of their um, savings into Bitcoin, uh, we'd see the price shoot up to five hundred thousand. So I think that's I think that's totally possible. Um, that's a ten x uh, roughly a ten x from here in the next five years. Uh, but it, but but that's that's only the beginning. Um, then it can start pulling in you know money you know value from currencies from gold. Gold's about thirteen trillion dollars. It can take all that thirteen trillion dollars. That's a thirteen x from here. Um, we could see it start pulling in money. There's, there's uh, 30 to 40 trillion sitting in offshore bank accounts right now. It's definitely better than an offshore bank account. So we could see it pull in 30 to 40 trillion from there. Uh, and then, then you have a lot of people that have been buying real estate, for example, because they know their currency's, you know devaluing super fast. And so a lot of people would probably rather not have to buy real estate, and they might rather buy gold. So we pull some from that, uh, pull some from stocks. A lot of people are gambling the stock market. It could pull money from that. I mean, it could very easily get to two, three hundred trillion dollars. Um, you know, as a, as, a, as a market cap for the whole market cap, which is a two to 300x from here. And so um, obviously, nothing in life is guaranteed. Um, and, and that's certainly not 100% certain that that's going to happen. But it, but, it, but it could I mean, that's the trajectory that we're on. And so um, as long as it continues going up more than the rate you're borrowing. So for example, if you were to borrow, let's say 5%. So you let's say you have uh, $100,000 worth of Bitcoin today, you leave that um, parked, Maybe in the next five years, that's worth $3 bucks. In $3 million U.S. million, um, you borrow, let's say, 5% of that, um, and you end up you know, with $100,000. You borrow a little bit extra to cover the interest, the payments, and you have some set aside for the payments, and then you have the $100,000 that you can just live on. You can pay your bills, pay your living expenses, and live off that money, and it's tax-free. Now, um, you borrowed 5%. Now, as long as it goes up by more than that the next year, you do the same thing. So if it goes up another 50% the next year, then you borrow another 5%. And you borrow a little bit extra. Some pays, um, pays off the, the loan from the year before. And then you live off the rest. And there's no taxes because you're borrowing money. And then as long as it goes up by more than 5% the next year, which it goes up by 25 or 50% or 100% the next year, you borrow 5% again. And as long as it continues going up by more than the amount you're borrowing, you can essentially do that forever. Pretty interesting, right? Now, um, what happens with the debt eventually? Well, nothing happens with the debt. You die, you die with debt. At the end, when you die and you pass it down to your kids, you end up with $10 million of Bitcoin and you owe 2 or $3 million of debt. So what? Just keep rolling the debt. Now, you could obviously liquidate some and pay the debt, but now you don't have that asset to keep going up in value. And so eventually, you know, your kids, when they're old, they have 30 or $40 million worth of Bitcoin and they owe $7 million of debt. So what, right? You can just keep rolling it over and over and over. And I know this is a different concept and I know it probably blows your mind, um, but it's not that complicated. This is how people do it. This is how the rich really build wealth and you can too. I like to say that success leaves clues. What does that mean? That means if you find other successful people, and you can figure out what are the things that they did to become successful, and then you do the same things, then you should have about the same results, <laughs> right? So that means if you, if you, if you um, at a at, at a young age, if you got um, I don't know Arnold Schwarzenegger's workout and diet routine, and you did the exact same workouts and ate the sa- exact same food for, as you grew up you may not be quite as big and strong as Arnold Schwarzenegger got and broke all those records. However, you would be pretty dang big, right? And so that's what I mean. Success leaves clues. This is what the successful people are doing. This is what people like Robert Kiyosaki are doing. And this is something that you can do as well. Now, you listen to the Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and the decentralized revolution. I am a teacher. I'm an educator. I am not a tax professional. So take this information and go discuss it with your tax professional. See if it's right for you. See if he can help you impl- implement that. But it is being done by the people. Thanks for listening.